0: Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to the Leading Agile booth here at Agile 2018, doing interviews all week long. We're on the Facebook. Hello to Facebook. Hello to both of you. (laughs) Both of our parents. Right. Um, So, Joe Valonci. Joe, thanks for coming. Dave, my pleasure. And you are doing a talk about, a talk called Business Agility with Business Accounting, or a workshop. Innovation Accounting. Innovation Accounting, sorry. Yes. Okay. It's a workshop. Absolutely. Okay. And this is Thursday at 2 o'clock. And we were just talking before we started, and I said, I'm really glad you're doing it. There's more stuff about accounting. It's not the
1: sexiest thing, but it's really important. And you said? I said, to me, it is it is sexy. So, like, like a lot of the people here at, mm-hmm. at the Agile Conferences, my undergraduate degree, my experience is as a developer. Okay. Um, and then uh, I decided to get stupid, and I went back to school. Um, after I'd been developing for 20, 25 years and got my MBA, specifically focusing on economics and finance. Wow. Where we started talking about lean and the application of lean, but it was from a manufacturing context. And I thought, this is really cool. We can apply this within the Agile environment. And then other people out there uh, people like Don Reinertsen, uh, who wrote Principles of Product Development Flow, people like Eric Rees, who wrote The Lean Startup, started applying these same principles. So to me, it's it's a very sexy thing and it's very applicable um, to, the, to the world that we live in today. Okay. So how does
0: the approach to accounting change, with the way that you're, just,
1: you're encouraging people to adopt? Right. So, so here's the interesting thing about this. Most companies that are doing accounting, most companies that are doing finance are doing so based on a legacy understanding yeah meaning the tools that they're currently using the formulas that they're currently using formulas like net present value ROI. Uh, yeah uh, ROI uh, IRR internal rate of return uh, payback method all of these things um, that we came out of MBA school learning about yeah. to apply to our projects, theoretically learning about for yeah. profitability turn out to be invalid they were valid at a point in time correct yeah. the point in time they were valid for was for manufacturing right. We're risk in the 50s where risk is quantifiable yeah. right I'm building brakes I want these brakes that I'm building these these housings these brake housings to be the same as the last yeah. break that I produced, with a defect rate over time that we can say, quantify to about 5%. Mm-hmm. Think about the projects and the systems we're building today. How many of those are exactly like the last system that well, we and built? This is the,
0: this is the problem we all are in, like, how much am I going to make? Well, you know, All the questions we get asked are the questions from, like, the 1950s. Correct. We can't answer them anymore. Correct. So,
1: but. Finance still needs answers because they have to run Absolutely. And if you think about it, take forget systems for a second, just look at an agile transformation. Right. Isn't isn't it okay for people who are financing agile transformations or financing these large initiatives to say I want a return on that investment and I want that I want to understand what that is before I put my money forward.
0: Okay. So uh, before you keep continue, yeah. I want to add one thing. So yesterday sure. I did an interview with Paul Arger, who's our CFO. Uh-huh. And He's, he's his talk at the conference is about what you have to bring to the CFO to help them understand. I and and yeah, what yeah. you just said was something he said. Like we need to know this, correct? But we didn't really get into how
1: you're going to So how can you figure that out? So this this becomes the how, and we will. I'm going to give you an overview, but okay. we will talk about this in great deal during during okay. the so workshop not on Thursday. I'm not going to give it all away, gonna it all away um, but it's going to be very hands-on, sort okay. of training from the back of the room type okay. type stuff. Yeah. So we do want people to engage. But here's the basics of what it is. Eric Reese comes along and comes up with this term that he coined called innovation accounting, okay? okay. Eric Ries
0: from The Lean Startup.
1: Eric Ries from The Lean Startup. So in his book, The Lean Startup, he talks about this. Um, that's where it was first introduced. And I've sort of looked at that, and we at Scaled Agile have looked at that and said, we need to adopt this within, within the framework. The, lean count, the, lean, um, lean, the innovation accounting is based on lean, but it's a it's sort of a framework in and of itself, and it generally consists of three things. It consists of a hypothesis, so okay. scientific method, right? An MVP, so a minimum viable product. It consists of fast feedback, or what Eric talks about, which is tuning the engine. Yeah. Um, and then then there's the third component of this, which is the most important at all of all, which it has to do with pivot or persevere. Yeah. So many times when when People start, when companies, organizations, enterprises start down these long road of large initiatives, they believe that money allocated means money spent. Right. It's too expensive to get out of now. And that's not the case, right? right? The first thing they teach you in, in business school is ignore sunk costs. Right. And what do we all do in large organizations? We consider sunk costs, yeah. which is not what we're supposed to do. Those are the three pillars of the innovation accounting. Okay. Now, why is it important? Well, the minimum viable product is simply a test. Do we think we're going to get the value out of this that we thought we would? How many times does a project take longer than what we initially thought? How many times is it that we just believe if we just go another two weeks or another three weeks or something? The data is overwhelming, so the key to this the key to the execution of this MVP is one: it's it's got to be pretty strictly um, time boxed okay. to to a to a feature or a set of features. Okay. The bare minimum that we need to prove the hypothesis. What's the hypothesis? The hypothesis is we think we're going to be able to save money in our call center by developing a better UX. Okay. We think self-driving cars are going to be the way to go, and these are the sensors that we should be using. But how do we know that? We're doing something that's largely unproven. So in order to do that, we need to come up with a different strategy of measurement. Traditional measurement is an MPV, an IRR, um, something along those lines. We're going to do something a little different. What we're going to do is, those are largely lagging indicators we need leading indicators. Okay. So what we're gonna do in the, in the workshop is help develop those. The problem okay. is leading indicators, there is no kind of one set. They are specific to the MVP you're developing. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand what the MPV is and what the leading indicators are. Okay. The other component of that is when we're measuring, we have to be very careful that we're not doing vanity metrics, meaning we're just measuring things that feel good. In the agile space, we might go, well, velocity. We can see that velocity is, you know, our teams are, they're doing better because their velocity is yeah. improving. Is it? Are we delivering more value? Are our customers any more happier? I think it can be,
0: when looked at with other things, there can
1: be value. Exactly. But you can't look at it by itself. Exactly. And so, in Eric Reese's book, for instance, the example that he uses is people say, raw page hits. So, if, I, if the page hits are increasing, therefore, I'm delivering more value. Does that metric provide value? It does. There's information there. right? But does it tell does us whether we, anything? does it prove anything? So, does it tell yeah. us if we're able to pivot or persevere? Um, and if so, when? Yeah. And so that's the type of data that we're interested in. we we got to make sure the emotional component is, well, I've already invested this much in the project, and I'm kind of attached to it, and we should continue down that road. So we have to okay. make sure that we concentrate on the objective data and not bring sort of the emotional component into that. So how does a company figure out
0: what data to look at? So that's the trick. Because yeah, that's the question that always yeah. comes up. You know, you tell me I, can't, I shouldn't use old tools. What should I look
1: at? If you wanted to use old tools, so let's say, you know, well, I've been using MPV for the last 15, 20 years. Okay. Um, fine. But use that in conjunction with something else. Okay. If you want to use that because that's what you need to know to get your project approved, right. cool. But be prepared that well, the, the problem is that what people have done is they've calculated using a traditional financial indicator, right. like a net present value or a payback method. And the problem is that they never go back and look at the results. Right. Did I get that rate of return <laughs> yes. that I pitched yes. You know to somebody else? Right. So the idea is we have these let's call them learning milestones that occur periodically where we go back and check are we getting the results we thought the the metric that we want to use to do that is is very context dependent there is no standardized innovation accounting metric so we have to go through some examples about how to figure that out and that's what we're going to study that's what we're going to do in the workshop is to develop those things now I developed a white paper. Excuse me. I give some examples of how to do that in the white paper. Um, that's that's on the site. Well, so okay, cause
0: but where I was about to go with this yeah. is one of the reasons that we're doing these interviews is for the folks who aren't at the conference, can't make it to the conference. Sure. We want them to get a sense of what's happening, what kinds of. So, so the reason that I wanted for us to talk was so that people who aren't here, they can't come on Thursday. Yeah, right, right. But how can they? track you down well, to? if they can't
1: come on Thursday, I, I want to ignore them. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going to talk to no, you. Screw you. Yeah, screw you. Oh. You're not you're going to make it on Thursday. Uh, you know, go pound sand. Um, um. No, absolutely. So uh, th- there is so several ways. So my my, um, my information is is in my bio. Okay. My Twitter feed is in my bio. I do a lot of tweeting. And the
0: tweeting. Twitter feed is Joe JV. So JV. Not JV. Yeah, nothing
1: complex. Um, I tweet a lot about economics and finance things. Okay. These are things that I'm passionate about because, to me, it's just, it's just amazing that, as a side note, net present value, which is sort of the gold standard of approving projects, yeah. Yeah. was correlated to the market. The interesting thing is, for the last 30 years, the main component of that calculation is something called beta. It hasn't been correlated to the market activity in the last 30 years. It, so the calculation, dependent. yeah. So the calculation is already invalid. Well, it's not like the market does anything, that, but the correlation is invalid to begin with. Yeah. So these things that we use, which are based on discounted cash flows, right, has already started off as an incorrect okay. calculation. Yeah. It's already broken. Okay. Um, so we need a better way. We need oh, yeah. a better framework, um, and we need to understand that, yeah, the. the the pie in the sky like well if we don't do this the money goes back into the kitty and we can use it for something else that never happens all right so so get that out of your head however what we can do is say money allocated does not equal money spent and so if we do our leading indicators if we do our mvp and the data is overwhelmingly telling us we are going in the wrong direction we can still use that money right pivot to something that is much more important, much more valuable, right. and still gets us a better return than if we had continued down the same road, so these are the concepts that that we have to start adopting at that that level and I think to your point earlier, I think CFOs are starting to recognize that these are really heady issues, and yeah. maybe what we 've done. Since the 1950s, is maybe not what we should be doing today for very large, complex systems yeah. that have never been
0: built before. Using things that didn't
1: exist when these tools were built.
0: Exactly. Okay, this is great. So so they can track you on Twitter, find you on LinkedIn.
1: Yep. Um, they can scaled go to. Agile Framework as well. Scaledagileframework.com or scaledagile.com. Okay. Are you um, doing consulting, teaching? What are you doing with All of the above. Okay. Uh, so I do some. I do a lot of teaching. I do a lot of consulting. Okay. I also write. My white paper is on the website scaleagileframework.com okay. about innovation accounting. Yeah. Um, one more shameless plug. Sure, have that Which enough. is which is at the Safe Summit in October. I'm going to do another version of this talk. Okay. Um, which will get a little bit more in depth. So I will be at the Safe Summit. So we can we can talk then too. Awesome. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know all the regular social media. I don't do Instagram, but I do a lot of Twitter. And nice. so if you if you've got the, you know the the idea that you'd like to learn a little bit more about the economics and finance, yeah, reach out. Always always happy to learn new things. Cool.
0: Thank you. Thanks for coming by, this Dave. Great. My pleasure. Dave, it. Ed, Ed, thank you. Thank you for watching. Keep uh, watching all week long. We're going to be doing a couple more interviews today and more the next two days. So thanks.